folks, once again, just putting this at the beginning because it is not included in the main intro for this episode. Uh, We will be getting into some pretty heavy topics in this episode, so as usual, trigger warnings will be listed in the episode description. And of course, if you think I've missed anything, if there's anything specific to you that you would like me to tag going forward, please, please reach out. My contact info will be at the end of the episode. Okay, thanks. Here's the main part of the episode. Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, Musings on Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. My name is Lee, and we are on Chapter 3 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As you can see, I have my intro. It's happening. (laughs) Hopefully I'll get better at it with time. Anyway, so yeah, Chapter 3 starts out with Anastasia and Kate discussing this photo shoot that they're going to do with Christian for their article, for Kate's article, really. And they're talking about whether or not Christian likes Anna, because we're still in middle school here, apparently. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just, personally, I stopped saying, ooh, does he like me? In, like, 10th grade. So I guess that's high school. Anyway, so Anna's scalp prickles at the idea that Christian might like her, which, like, is usually describing a fear response. And uh, granted, that is an appropriate response to have to this abusive asshole that is Christian Grey, but the reason I'm filing it under bad writing is that he wasn't intended to be an abusive asshole, he was intended to be a romantic lead, and that it's just a weird way to describe the way someone might react thinking about someone they have a crush on. Anyway, so Jose, who we introduced briefly in the previous chapter, is this book series' version of Jacob. Jose is going to do the photo shoot because I guess whatever, they couldn't get the actual photographer from the school paper. I don't remember why. Who cares? It's, It's a plot thing. And if you remember Paul, who is the friend who caused the tense, like, dick measuring contest moment in the hardware store earlier, it's revealed that he asks Anna out frequently. And so I just want to say two things about that. One is, dude, gross. Don't do that. If you ask someone out and they say no, you respect that. And I get it. Emotions are involved. Sometimes it's hard to just say no and move on. But that's okay. Like, grieve, pine for them, do what you gotta do. But if they say no, the one thing you don't want to do is keep asking them. Because, first of all, that's not respecting their consent. That's not respecting their boundaries. That's not respecting them as a person who has agency over their life choices. And therefore, too, I don't know about the rest of y'all, Personally, if someone right up front shows that they're not going to respect me when I say no to something, that's going to make me want to say yes to them even less the more times they ignore my opinion that I have stated and keep asking. Like, dude, get out of her face. She said no. She continues to say no. Move the fuck on, my dude. The other thing I wanted to say about this is that... Anna is written, as I have said many times, and I'm sure I will say many more times after this, 
she's written to be this like painfully awkward sheltered misfit who like has no friends doesn't fit in what the fuck ever i don't know i guess she has friends but she's just like the shy socially awkward bookworm in the corner that i'm sure a lot of us in the intended audience were i was that shy bookworm in the corner but i kind of grew out of that (laughs) um as any of you who have seen my social media will know Point being, she's, like, so painfully awkward, and she's like, uh, I don't know how to people, and I don't know how to talk to boys, and, uh, and yet every single male character in this series so far wants her so bad. Oh my god. They won't stop asking her out, or what the fuck ever. And, like, okay, I'm of two minds about this, because I know the phrase Mary Sue and all its implications has some problems, but that's a little bit of a Mary Sue move, my dude. And also, I know that Bella from Twilight, which this is based on, also had the same thing, where she was just, like, this painfully awkward, shy person in the corner and every dude wanted her so bad. Could also be a little bit of an unreliable narrator thing. It could be read that way where she just has really low self-esteem and sees herself as this little plain Jane mousy girl that nobody would want when in fact maybe she is in fact banging, smoking, absolutely fucking sexy. I don't know. That's one possible interpretation of this. Because that does happen where someone is absolutely smoking fucking hot, fine, whatever, and just doesn't know it. And that sucks, yo, because, like, everyone deserves to know how sexy they are. And I'm not saying, like, if you're not sexy, you deserve to be painfully aware of that, because, no, like, sexy is such a subjective thing. One person's most hideous person I've ever seen in the world is another person's, holy fuck, I need to fuck that person right now, they're so hot, and vice versa. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, somebody out there probably wants you. Somebody out there probably thinks you're the hottest person they have ever seen on the face of this planet ever in their life. And, uh, you deserve to know that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you deserve to know. So, Anna deserves to know that about herself. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve self-esteem. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just rambling a lot today, but... That's why I have a podcast, my dudes. The way she's written, though, the shy, awkward, plain Jane mousy girl in the corner that that Anna was written to be relatable to is not the one who's getting asked out every other day. How do I know that? Because I was that. (laughs) So that's where the Mary Sue-esque sexy fantasy like secretly sexy girl fantasy thing comes in i feel like i'm not explaining myself super well but you know it's also just fucking annoying having like honestly having a main character who's just like everyone's asking her out and everybody wants her all the time and just like get on with the fucking story my dude and and it's also like the relationship between men and women in this series, I feel like is kind of summed up like this. Like, that's such a straight thing to feel like there's no way that a man and a woman can have a relationship that's not at least a little bit sexual and where one of them isn't at least a little bit trying to hook up with the other one. Which, like, that's straight up not true, my man, my dudes. I don't know why I'm using all male terms today. That's just what's happening. But, like, that's not true. 
if that were true, I, a pansexual, would never be able to have friends because I would have crushes on them. Well, actually, no, that's, um, that's usually the case. <laughs> I usually do have a crush on a lot of my friends, but that's okay because I'm not going to act on all of those crushes. I'm not going to try to ask everyone out constantly because that's not the kind of relationship I want to have with everyone I'm attracted to. Like, that's the thing that this kind of writing doesn't understand is that just because you find someone hot, like, it doesn't mean you can't just still be fucking friends with them. Anyway, this is gonna be a long episode. I have a lot of notes and I'm talking a lot. I'm talking a lot. So something that kind of bothers me about the writing in this book, and it's, it's like a small nitpick, okay? It's totally just something personal, but this is the first time that I've noticed it is in this chapter, is that they get super specific about brands of cars in this series. Even if it's just like a passing mention of like, oh, we all got in our cars and drove to this place for the photo shoot, like, they can't just say that. It has to be, I got in my VW Bug and Kate got in her whatever the fuck make and model of car Kate has. I don't fucking remember because I don't care. And it's just a little thing and it's just a personal preference. And I don't know, maybe I'm biased because I don't really give a shit about cars. Like there are some sexy looking cars out there, y'all. And I will absolutely like fantasize about riding in the, around in the back of one with my sugar daddy or whatever the fuck. But like... <laughs> I just don't care. Like, whatever. It's a car. And it just, it seems unnecessary to me, IDK. Oh yeah, she also spends this chapter and the rest of the series, if memory serves, just taking every possible opportunity to talk about how hot Kate is and how she's, like, so gorgeous and so poised and so good at people. Like, and and just in control of everything and sure of herself and she's so gorgeous and her hair looks so good and she's so fashionable and she's so pretty and fellas is it gay to spend this much time thinking about how hot your fr best friend is oh yes and jose and christian meet and of course they're instantly just like tense at each other and it's it's this is like exactly a reflection of the scene in the hardware store with paul and christian earlier like they're just instantly like silently fighting over anna even though she again is not with either of them but christian of course has already decided that he fucking owns her which i'm pretty sure i had a rant if memory serves in the last episode about how some doms literally will do that they will like slide in your dms like hey baby you're my sub now because i just decided that and it's like no that's not how any of that works go the fuck away so i don't need to go back into that again anyway so the photo shoot happens blah 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 christian afterwards asks anna out for a coffee and has his driver taylor who followed them to the photo shoot because of course he drove Christian there so he has Taylor drive everyone else home because they all like carpooled because they're you know in college and the funny thing is like not the funny thing this is this is a recurring pattern in this series and I yes I am going to keep pointing it out every single time it happens because it's not fucking okay so he asks her out for a coffee and she says something to the effect of oh I wish I could but I can't I have to drive people home and he just goes Taylor, you're going to drive everyone home. Okay, now that that's solved, you and me, Anna, are going to go out for coffee. And he, like, doesn't reaffirm 
that it's okay. He doesn't, like, propose it and be like, how do you feel about that? He's just like, I'm taking over now. I am this rich bitch asshole. This is how things are going to be because I don't know how to not get my way. That's how their first date starts. It is all downhill from here. Back to the bad writing Another thing that happens a lot in this series and is absolutely amateurish and like, okay, here's the thing. I just want to put this as an aside in here early on in the series before I get any hate mail. I have nothing against amateur writers. I have nothing against anyone who, anything personally against anyone who is currently writing and uses any of these techniques that I'm putting on blast. A lot of this is personal bias and I just want to put that out front. A lot of this is like, I just don't like that shit. It just bugs me when I see it. And uh, I am not going to pretend that I am the be-all, end-all, like, absolute godlike authority on writing because I'm not. As of this recording, I haven't published any of my work yet. I would like to change that in the future, but I'm not there yet. So I'm not claiming to be, like, the final say on what is good writing and what is not. This is all my opinion. Also, I say it's amateurish. That's fine. If you're there... If you're a new writer and you are employing these techniques because that's where you are with your writing style, you do you, bro, boo, person, friend, <laughs> comrade, you do you. That's nothing against you personally. That's not to say you're always going to be a horrible writer and uh, that's not even to say you're a horrible writer right now. It's, it's just what I'm saying is published novels have editors for a reason. And some of this shit that got into the final published draft of these books, it feels like the first draft or like very lightly edited draft, non-beta read, just posted straight to fanfiction.net. That's the feel of it. It does not feel polished. It does not feel finished. And it just absolutely boggles my mind that this series is like actual published novels that had a team of professionals in the publishing industry that it got past. And these really unpolished, I'll say it again, amateurish techniques got a pass. What the fuck is up with that, my dudes? I don't know. Adjective lists. Here we go. At one point, Christian flashes a, quote, dazzling, unguarded, natural, all teeth showing, yes, that is with hyphens, glorious smile, unquote. That's one, two, three, four, five adjectives in a row if you count all teeth showing as one adjective, which I am doing because it is one item on that list. That's too many adjectives in a row, my man, my dude, buddy, E.L. James, who I am speaking to right now, I guess. That's too many. You get two, maybe three. You don't get five. That's too many. So on the subject of Christian being an abusive douchebag, Kate literally drags Anna into another room and tries to talk her out of going on the date with Christian. First of all, really bad start to a romance novel where these people's relationship is supposed to be like the main end goal. Really bad start. If your best friend is like, bro, I've met this dude in person now. Yes, he's hot. Yes, he's rich. He seems like a douchebag. Don't do it. Maybe listen to your friend. Just maybe. 
just just maybe just stop and think about that for a minute in all seriousness like no nobody else has the power to tell you who to be in a relationship with except you but also if you have people in your life who you care about and whose opinions you value and they are telling you i get a bad fucking vibe from this guy or this person whatever depending on your situation listen to them you ultimately you don't have to go with their decision but just take a moment and really consider what they're saying and really consider, like, how do you actually feel about this person aside from the, like, warm fuzzy pants feelings about how hot they are? They have an outside perspective and that's really valuable because they're not the ones actively trying to sleep with this other person. So anyway, Anna and Christian get to the elevator because I think they're in like a hotel room or something, whatever, I don't care. They're in an elevator and oh no, the elevator opens and they interrupt another couple in the middle of making out in the elevator, which again just feels like kind of an unnecessary detail that maybe should not have gotten past the editors. I don't know. It feels like one of those things that works better in an AO3 kind of multi-chapter fic where each chapter is posted separately so you're reading it as kind of a separate event and each chapter feels like it needs much more of a beginning, middle, and end versus in a novel where you're meant to more read all the way through. It's It feels like that could have been streamlined out and to my eye, ear, whatever, it feels like it should have been streamlined out. And so they get in the elevator, whatever, they go down to the street, and as they walk over to this coffee shop, they're holding hands, and Anna mentions that no one has ever held her hand before. Babe, you're in college! Yay, never even held hands in elementary school? Like, ever? Like, okay, I get it, everyone has their first, like, experiences at different ages, and that's not what I'm saying, I'm just- the way that it's written, once again, she's just so purposefully innocent and sheltered and just- to the point where it gets kind of annoying to me. I don't know. Also, that's another thing, because it's, of course, Christian who takes Anna's hand rather than the other way around. So, okay, I have not been on the most first dates in my life. I know there are people out there who date around a lot more than I have up to this point in my life, but I've been on a few, and this is like the very start of their first date. Seems a little bit soon to just be like, we're holding hands, we're signaling to the world that we're a couple. And like, yeah, I know, it's just holding hands, it's whatever, but the thing about first dates, they're kind of supposed to be like an audition to see if you even want to date each other versus like, we're already a couple, like at the very, like, it just, it just feels like another little tiny thing of Christian being like, this is mine, this is my woman now, she has no say in it, I've decided I want her, so therefore she's mine. Like, it's a little thing, but it's still a thing. Approximately half of this chapter is dedicated to various descriptions of how hot Christian is. No, I can't back that up in terms of actual word count, because do you honestly expect me to do that kind of research for this podcast? Come on. But, um, that's what it feels like to me. (laughs) It's unnecessary. Like, we get it. He's hot. Like, he's really hot. Like, he's so sexy. Like, I promise you, we understand how sexy he is. You don't have to remind us of that all the time. Remind us of it when it's important. At, like, poignant moments, at moments when she's, like, struck by it, 
And like, even then, keep those to a minimum. (laughs) Because yes, believe me, I know what it's like to be sitting there across from a really hot person and just every five seconds going, oh my god, they're so hot. Oh my god, they just, did you see the way they just breathed? Oh my god. And they just like tucked their hair behind their ear. Fuck, that's so sexy. Look at their hand and their face and their hair and I get it. (laughs) I get it. I'm like that with like everyone that I have a crush on. I get it. Does not need to be described every single time because it makes the actual action of the plot move so slow. I've got something that I highlighted that I wanted to read for you on page 42 if you're following along with your own Okay, so <laughs> so this is like simultaneously Christian being a dick and also really bad dialogue. So they're at this coffee place and Anna gets a tea and she like dunks her tea bag into the teapot and then takes it out again immediately and Christian's like, excuse me, that's like not tea, that's like water that someone whispered Earl next to. And so she says, I like my tea black and weak, I mutter as an explanation. And Christian's response is, I see. Is he your boyfriend? And there he's referring to Jose, of course. Who talks like that? Like, okay, I'm on the autism spectrum. I'm not the greatest at conversations, but like, ah, yes, I understand. You like your tea very weak. Is he your boyfriend? He, Like, not even, is Jose your boyfriend? Just, is he your boyfriend? Like, first of all, that shows that Christian clearly has no interest in Anna right right now. I don't know why I always want to say it, Anna. It's Anna right now. Other than, is she available for him to possess? He's not even going to playfully rib her about how weird she is about her tea. By the way, if you like your tea like that, no hate. You, You drink your LaCroix tea. It's fine. But, like, nobody talks like that. And also, he's just being such a dick. He's just like, I don't care about you. I don't want to do the small talk thing. I just want to know if you're single. Can you be my submissive? That's all he fucking cares about. He has no investment in her as a human in this moment. And I hate it. Oh, yeah. Another little thing that I wanted to point out at one point, Anna says, I find you intimidating. And Christian responds, you should. What a fucking asshole! That's... uh... He is, like, all of the worst stereotypes of what a dominant should, should, scare quotes, be. Just rolled up into one person. I hate him so much. Oh my god, another Twilight fanfiction moment is... So, for those who have not read Twilight, or have not read Twilight in many years and are relying on your high school Twilight phase memories to guide you through this reading of the series, like me. So all of the vampires have like special powers or whatever, and Edward can read people's minds, except he can't read Bella's mind. And so he's like, you're such a mystery or what the fuck ever he actually says. I don't care. And so as like a callback to that, Christian at one point says, whatever, he describes Anna as a mystery, which like, yeah, 
you're like barely into your first date. You don't know each other yet. You're still strangers, except that Christian did like clearly at least did a little bit of research on her because he found out where she works and stalked her. If you're starting from like a normal person, healthy, like first date, whatever, you're still strangers. Yeah, you're still mysteries to each other. That's the point. Okay, page 44. Here we go. I had something else that I wanted to look at. There's a few things happening here. Um, so Christian says, I'm used to getting my own way, Anastasia, in all things. And Anna says, I don't doubt it. And like, once again, oh my god, you're such a bad stereotype of a dom. Like, ah, shut the fuck up, I hate you. And then later in that same paragraph, Anna thinks, I can't believe I'm feeling so antagonistic toward him. It's like he's trying to warn me off. Babe, it's your first date. Listen to that instinct. If you don't like him, walk the fuck out. Like, there- you have no- this is a first date. This is your chance to decide if you even want to keep seeing him, like, ever again. Like, just get up and walk the fuck out if you're not having a good time. There's no reason for you to continue to sit there and be angry at this guy. Like, I don't get it. I don't care how hot he is. I don't care how rich he is. If you don't like him, leave. <laughs> and then... Anna is thinking he is a control freak. There's no other explanation. And part of me is thinking maybe it would have been better if Kate had interviewed him. Yeah, <laughs> he's an asshole. And also, once again, if you're not having a good time on this date, you're allowed to end the date. Like, PSA to anyone who doesn't know that for whatever reason, like, go, just walk, walk out. It's coffee. Who cares? You never have to see him again. Except if she did that, he'd probably stalk her some more. So then Christian starts quizzing Anna about her family until finally she thinks, this is a quote, this is none of his business, unquote. And like, sweetheart, once again, this is a first date. You don't have to tell him shit if you don't want to. You absolutely have permission to say, I don't want to talk about that. You absolutely, and even if this wasn't a first date, you absolutely have permission not to tell him something that you don't want to tell him. Like, okay, yeah, if you want to take this to its logical conclusion, yes, the longer you're in a, a relationship with someone and the more serious the relationship is, yeah, it gets better if you're sharing more than you're keeping from each other. But A, that's a whole other conversation because B, this is a first date. You don't got to tell him shit. You are perfectly within your rights to tell him to fuck off. So, she stays, they keep talking for a little bit, she walks out of the date and says she feels like she has just been interviewed for a job, which is like the opposite of what a successful first date is supposed to feel like. You feel me? Like, it's not- I, I, I would lose this guy's number if it were me. Like, immediately. I would, like, I would get home and immediately text him, like, thanks, we're not compatible, bye! And if he kept trying to get at me, and he kept stalking me the way that Christian probably would if she did that, I would call the fucking police! Like, I'm staunchly anti-cop, but this is one of those situations where we live in a society where I would call the fucking cops and get a fucking restraining order if I had to. I digress. If a first date went well, generally, you don't walk out feeling like you just got out of a job interview. What that tells me is that he was not sharing a lot about himself, which he wasn't. He was putting her on the spot, which he was. He was, like, 
expecting her to perform in a certain way and he had like standards in his head of how he wanted her to act and perform and answer his questions and she was expected to just figure that the fuck out that's not a great first date you guys i don't know i don't need to digress into the whole story about my first date with my current girlfriend i can in a later episode if y'all want me to but like a successful first date should feel like an adventure it should feel exciting it should feel good it should feel like not a job interview it should feel like you're connecting with this person i don't need to go on i just that was not a good date oh yeah so on the way out of the date he says he doesn't do the girlfriend thing her immediate conclusion is maybe he is gay after all honey he just asked you out on a date he stalked you he came to your job he like we have established that he is interested in you unhealthily so but the point remains he's interested in you the two choices of relationship is not the girlfriend thing or must be a homosexual. Like, there's so much more than that. Like, maybe he just wants to be single for a while. Maybe he just does casual relationships. In this case, he, tra he draws a very distinctive line between submissive and girlfriend, which, again, I'm just gonna interject here and say, if that's the style of relationship that works for you, great do you think for me it's the exact opposite and also it's definitely a stereotype that kink relationships are not as romantic or as intimate or whatever the fuck as vanilla relationships totally not true you guys totally not fucking true and a lot of people like their kink partner is also their romantic partner or their romantic partners if they're poly like People in kink get married all the time. People in kink have really, really romantic, intimate, loving, close, amazing, serious relationships all the time. And I'm sure I will talk about this more in later chapters because, oh boy, does it come up in later chapters. I, I've rambled long enough. I don't need to bring it up now. But kink and romance for many people, myself included, absolutely go hand in hand. And in fact, for me, having my kink needs fulfilled as part of my romantic relationship is integral. It's essential for me to have a fulfilling relationship. If that's not you, that's totally valid, but that, you know, just that's the angle that I'm going to be coming at this from is that kink is incredibly romantic to me. That can be weird for people to hear if they don't know, but it's true. Kink can be and often is incredibly romantic and forges incredibly deep intimate connections between people. And again, I'm not going to go into my whole ramble about that until a later episode. So for now, I will just say this chapter ends on Anna trips into the street, into traffic, and Christian yanks her back into his arms into this complete, like, cheesy romance movie or like anime kind of pose of he just happens to like catch her and like tango dip her or what the fuck ever and you know everything slows down and everything's sparkly and the music is swelling and it would never this would never actually happen like this in real life or at least if it ever does like it it just sounds so unrealistic when you write it out this way end of chapter <laughs>
And therefore, end of episode. I don't have my closing credits all typed out yet. Hopefully I will have that done before I record the next episode. My name, once again, is Lee. I am not going to give out my last name for now. We'll see what happens in future, but for now, I'm just Lee. Or Lee C, if you want to go that way. I still don't have a pithy one-liner to end this show on, but um, until next time, I hope that all of your first dates are as wonderful as you want them to be. Bye! So that's it for that chapter. Thank you, as always, for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist, and you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. This podcast can be found at, you guessed it, allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. I'm noticing as I'm recording these intros and outros that I am kind of using show notes and episode description interchangeably. I may have edited all of that out, I don't know, by the time you're hearing this, but um, just in case... What I actually mean is that little bit of text that you can pull up in your podcatcher that gives you some more information about each episode of the podcast, so you don't have to go searching for a website with some separate show notes. It's all just right there. Wherever you're listening to this right now, um, that's where you can find all of these links. Speaking of which, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link. That is allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. You can support this podcast monthly in return for some fun exclusive content. Yay! Everyone loves exclusive content. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpod.com podcast at gmail.com. All I ask is that you be courteous, treat me with respect, but other than that, whatever you want to say to me, bring it. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But actually, though, whatever. I I totally welcome feedback, as long as it's in good faith. If you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting us monetarily, and trust me, I understand completely, please rate and or review this podcast on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a blog post, um, do some skywriting, I don't know, whatever it is you do to spread the word about this humble podcast, I would be forever grateful. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com, and of course that one is in the episode description as well, and hang in there. Okay, bye! Thanks. Here is the main uh, episode. Okay, no, I don't like that one. (laughs) Oh my god, you can probably hear my joints cracking, like, on mic right now, because I'm, like, moving and grooving, but also I'm almost 30, (laughs) so my joints pop now. (laughs) That's just a thing that happens.
I don't know. Straights are weird. Yo. Um, another little nitpick I notice a lot in this series, and okay, I need to stop moving my notebook around all the fucking time. I need to just put it somewhere. Okay. Ooh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna prop it up. Like that. Nope. Yep. Okay. Where the fuck is my phone? I just realized I don't think I have it in here with me. Whatever. Um... You're welcome for all of the page-turning ASMR and or I'm sorry, depending on how you feel about it. Oh, I should make social media for this podcast. I will do that. I will hopefully have that done before I actually release this podcast. So insert uh, curdled ink social media stuff here. Until that... Uh, un- Come on. Give me my notes. Thank you very much. Okay. Finally, until next time, remember your rack. That's... Oh, no, wait. You don't get the um, closing line yet. <laughs> but it's coming up. Any episode now. It's, it's getting closer every day. I can feel it. 